What's up, y'all? It's your girl, and again, you are listening to When Matriarchs Gather. Today, I had the wonderful, generous, soulful, graceful Sundus Abdul Hadi in for an interview, and we talked about life, mothering, finding balance. <laughs> finding balance. I hope this episode brings you in all the right places because it sure did for me. Enjoy y'all. Okay, so we have the wonderful, amazing, oh, I don't even know how to describe this person. Oh my gosh, Sundus Abdul Hadi. I am so honored to have you here with us. Um, I'm going to do a brief, like, well, actually, you know what? I want to actually change this practice of being the one to present people. What would be your three words to describe yourself in this moment? In this moment, I would describe myself as <clears throat> vulnerable, strong, and sensitive. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe I would also say mother, artist, human. I love that. I love that. You know, and it's so funny because I feel like those words, the three first three words that you brought in and the th- other three words that you brought in kind of they they like they um they circle around that, right? Being vulnerable, being strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all of those things like like it's it's a fine balance. It really is a fine balance and it's like the 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 constant struggle to find that balance, you mm-hmm. know? That I think that's kind of the uh the the purpose in a way of life is finding the balance so that you can achieve your best self for sure. Know? And uh the struggle is always there, you know? It's it's always like you're straddling two worlds or walking a really thin line but eventually uh when you do strike that balance it's the best feeling and then it becomes about how do you keep it (laughs) on a day-to-day basis (laughs) you know and then one day it's it's like you know when you do tree pose when you when you do yoga and then you're really good and you're like solid and you're feeling it and then all of a sudden like your mind wanders for one second and you like and you lose it and, and you, you have it. to and you have to put your foot back down on the ground yeah you so lose you it can, you yeah. like you wobble and mm-hmm. you sway like in the, in the wind and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that moment's over yeah and it's about how you get to that place again it's, oh my uh, god it's real it really is oh I, i'm i love how we're we're starting this conversation because i feel like the, these are so many of the questions that i've had um in life in general but i've wanted to speak to you about in particular because of the way that i feel um you embody balance you know from an outside perspective i feel like um i see you it's almost like you you have this graceful dance with all of the people that you are in one person and um and I'm so curious I'm so curious of how you got here <laughs> you know um one thing that was revealed to me um recently was uh how you got to marriage and I think that that's where I would like to start this conversation because I guess that was like probably one of the biggest first um, chapter changes in your life where it's like, okay, from I'm going from being Sundus, daughter, sister, 
yourself to now being like, I'm going to take on wife dumb <laughs> and all <laughs> of that. Um, so how was that for you? I know that that was something that you like knew that was for you and you, and that's kind of like you carved that. Um, but what is like, what did it mean for you at the time? What does it mean for you now? Do you know, I'm such a private person. And I think that's uh, a result of Yasin, like my, my, my husband being like such a public person. Mm. So there is this uh, push and pull that I have with um, sharing that part of my, mm. my story, my life, my, who I am, because I feel like so much of our life is out and exposed oh, yeah. through him and through his work and, um, and to a certain degree myself, although my, my work is less um, about my like image and who I am and more about, you know, it's, it's different. Like being a performer is different than being an artist. Um, but yeah, I, I guard that. Mm. It's, it's too, uh, for me, too precious. Oh, that's so precious. Yeah, it's too precious. I, I'll, sh I share it. I share it with a few friends that moment, that day when we sat down yeah. on New Year's day mm -hmm. with the great beautiful group of women that you had brought around that table yeah um that was the right that, that was, was the, the right, right moment yeah it. and i hadn't shared my like falling in love slash getting married story um in a long time so being able to you know bring it up and talk about it in that context was really lovely oh i'm so it honored. was really I'm lovely so honored that we were able to, to but yeah for, I, I feel I feel very protective over it because mm. I know that it's rare. Yeah, for sure. And I know that um, it takes a lot of work. And so for me, two people, between two people, it's already complex. You're dealing with two sets of emotions, two sets of thoughts, and two family experiences, you know, two uh sets of luggage and baggage that we we carry um to to paths that want to continue converging um and then when you bring any other um what's the word any other like uh factors into that it gets really complex oh, sure. you know it gets really complex so i would just say that um it's it's for me such a joy to be able to share my life with my soulmate and i know that is such a rare thing and i almost want to like place that in a protective bubble mm, you know that's so beautiful and i feel the same about my children like i want to like i want to yeah. you know like that seinfeld episode <laughs> with the <laughs> The, the bubble boy. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I want to like treat my oh my, my God. home life. I just want to like put it in a protective bubble. Oh, just, that's so that's yeah. so interesting. I love it's that. It's wrong. I know it's wrong. No, it's not wrong. I don't think it's wrong. I think it's really and I'm. You know, it's it's so funny. Um, so you know, like 
Tiana, who was on, on the show last week, um, she just got engaged, yeah. and um, and Blessings we've been yeah exactly, and we've been thinking we've been talking a lot like uh, we had a lot of conversations around back love in particular and how in so many ways like the world is constantly trying to break black love that um, ourselves like w- when we are in these relationships. Um, like right, her, she's been nurturing this relationship for a few years now, but I've like my past relationships with black men, it's always been so hard to open that up because like you said, right, it's a sacred thing between two people. There's so many dynamics just within that. And then entering another person or a community or whatever is so, whew, it's really a lot. And we both experienced people trying to break um, our couple, but not also not understanding what the couple meant beyond just um, what the idea of like, oh, okay, this is a Nick plus this person, mm-hmm. right? Like, what does this mean for us in a larger sense? And why is it so important to us? Why is it something that we want to na- nurture so much? Um, and it's like interesting that now she's like at this phase where she's just like, okay, um, she wants to have this wedding, and she's like, well, I kind of actually do want to start opening it up to the community because she sees communi- uh, wedding as like a community event. Um, and it's very interesting to watch her ne- negotiate that. So I really appreciate you like um, sharing that with us because I think that that's something that people like do push and pull with a lot. Yeah, and it's interesting because like I've been with Yasin uh, with my partner since I was 17. Wow. Yeah, like that's when we first started dating. And uh, at the time, it wasn't really considered like socially acceptable in my community or friends to get married young. Mm. And I got married at like 22. Mm. Everybody was like, you're crazy. And then I, I thought, forget convention, really, like forget convention who makes the rules Mm. if the rules in this generation and this era is telling you you need to wait who said you gotta listen to it Mm -hmm. and if the rules back when my grandmother was uh you know uh growing up told her otherwise then i'm actually using that that privilege to say, forget convention, yes. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and really follow a path that I felt was right for me yeah. at the time, for me and, uh, you know, my partner and whoever <clears throat> whoever else that union is going to affect, like mm-hmm. my family and, and so on. And at the end of the day, I'm Arab yeah. and I'm Muslim. Mm-hmm. And if I want to live with my partner and feel good about, you know, sh- being public with my love, Marriage is the answer. You mm. know what I mean. Like, and and that didn't scare me. It didn't bother me. Mm. Uh, it wasn't like I. Um, it was something that was uh, a burden at all. It was like, okay, embrace it. Then, if this is how it is, and you know that you found the person that you want to spend your life with, then just uh, follow that path. You know, I didn't. It didn't scare me at all. And I think that when when uh, when you let go of fear. Because I was scared, actually, um, I would say, when we first started dating, um, because I knew. Mm-hmm. And once you let go of the fear and you embrace things, the, it just comes easy. Mm. And I felt the same exact thing about motherhood. Oh, I was so nice. scared of being a mother for such a long time. 
to the point where, like, I used to say, never. I'm never going to have kids. I'm never going to be able to. <laughs> Look, and at that was, <laughs> Look at you now. Look at you now. And I remember I was like, man, that was all coming from a place of fear mm. because I didn't know myself and I didn't know my potential. And it was, it's, it's always like that. You just don't recognize yourself and you don't, you don't see that you're worthy mm. of love. You don't see that you're worthy of nurturing uh you're not worthy of of like this gift you know and and then um that comes out as fear once you work through that fear and i feel like you know fear fear to everything you know fear to success fear to fear of um love fear of you know you, you name it it's like the phobias in this world are so so many once you let go of the fear, things come easy. Oh, for sure. You know, they do. You know, you touched on something, that, which is actually the reason why I mentioned the, um, uh, that chapter of you, like, going into becoming a wife, and then, um, in, and also in relation to your motherhood. So I'm reading this book right now. It's called Don't Leave Your Friends Behind, Conquest, Conquest Ways to Support Families in Social Justice Movements and Communities. And there's like a lot of essays in it and et cetera. It's written by, um, uh, curated by Victoria Law and China Martins. And in it, the, the, you know, some of the essays talk about how, you know, often when we change life chapters um, and, our, and our friends or our family stay in another life chapter. So, for example, going from being single to being in a couple or, versus, or like going, becoming a mother, et cetera, um, we get left behind. We get left behind because um, people don't necessarily know how to relate to us anymore or they don't know how to keep us involved in activities, and et cetera. And one of the things that I remember um, and, and I was so happy to have that opportunity so early on in my motherhood was that um, the Take Care of your, Yourself event happened uh, two, two months and a half. <laughs> it was, it was, I was looking at the footage and it really like hit me like deep in my core because I was like, whoa, like he was so young, you know, he was so young and it was so, um, I remember we, like I knew before, like I knew while I was pregnant that this was something that was going to happen afterwards but it really was this beautiful moment of like I can still organize I can still participate I can still have a voice I can still do all of these things that are really like core to who I am um, but it only was possible because of the fact that you had created this space because of the fact that my co-coordinators were so loving and flexible and came to my house to do the rehearsals and do like you know what I mean like no one left me behind because it could have easily been like Oh, well, you know, she went through 56 hours of labor. Let's just leave her alone, right? And it's like, in some ways, I do did want that. Like, the, um, there's that push and pull of just, like, you want space, right? But then there's also, like, but don't forget me, you know? And so I was wondering how, for you, going in, especially because you were so young and uh, people around you, I don't think, were, all, were um, entering marriage at the same time, how did it feel to enter that space and did you feel like people supported you along the way? Um, were you left behind or were you not left behind? Like, how was that experience? Well, I think because we, um, we got married so young and so early in our life, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we went through that transformation um, with everybody around us, you know what I mean? And we still, till this day, are the only coupled ones. <laughs> 
like till this day i'm like guys get montreal your shit life. together that man so montreal life, yo. <laughs> get your shit oh together. for real though <laughs> ain't nobody tried to couple up over here no, no, that's too judgmental. too judgmental i'm joking no there has been a lot of beautiful love found um and a lot of union celebrated which has been like so beautiful to watch you know mm-hmm. my sister's getting married in a couple of months hey. you know uh alhamdulillah and and then you know we we we've watched love come together we've watched love fall apart um you know just that having that um um history together uh it's 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 beautiful you know and and um i forgot your question my mind trailed (laughs) oh yeah don't let your friends leave you behind Uh yeah i mean i think the thing that changed the most is because people always you know, in a way, we were like a unit, mm. you know? Um, so it was always like Sundas and Yasin. But over time, we also really developed our own spaces and our own groups of friends and, and things that are separate from each other, which I think is really healthy for couples to do um, so that you're not inseparable mm-hmm. in people's minds as well. Uh, it helps sure. you develop your own sense of, like, self and identity. Um but it's uh, um, the interesting thing is becoming parents. Mm. That was the real transformation. Mm. And that's when, like, uh, you know, people shifted. And we shifted as well. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like when people come in and out of your life, um, those are both blessings. Yes. You know, uh, people coming into your life and bringing positivity and new vision into into your perspective is such a blessing but people leaving your life can also be a blessing Mm. Uh, that's a divine intervention that that person is not meant to be in your circle right now and not meant to be in your orbit because whatever it may be uh, there's something that just isn't um, uh, correlating you know there's something that doesn't and that's totally fine, you know. You just it's it's hard to let go of of uh, friendships and relationships, but you uh, it's it's also really positive to see it as though this was kind of um, divine intervention. Uh, a lot of people come into your life, and as amazing as a connection you may have with that person. If, if that connection wasn't strong enough to withstand transformation or change or uh, complexity, then that's not strong. It's, it's not, it's not, it wasn't meant to be, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> One of the things that I learned early in life is uh, um, about death and dying. Uh, I lost, I lost my cousin Nofi when I was 19 and that was the biggest learning experience for me in my whole life. Until now, I reference the the beautiful knowledge that was um, passed down to me through his passing. You know, mm-hmm. he was Nofi was a teacher in life, and he was a teacher in death. You know, he taught me everything that I need to know about death at that age. You know, and and when I think back about it, the you know enduring loss. And, and enduring kind of like trauma, um, it gives you tools that you can use in every aspect of life. 
you know, every single aspect of life. It gives you, like, it teaches you uh, everything from, like, that 40-day period. 40-day period of grief. And 40 days isn't just for grieving, but 40 days is to make sure, like, don't leave your friends behind, right? Mm -hmm. When somebody loses, when, let's say, um, a mother loses a child, Mm. uh, or a woman loses her husband, or whatever, you know, death may happen in the family, they're... In in our tradition, in Arab and Muslim tradition in Iraq, there's like an open-door policy mm. for 40 days. For 40 days, that woman or that household's door is open. Mm. Whether the woman or the, 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 the bereaved person wants it or likes it or not. <laughs> you're going to get this love. <laughs> you're going to get this love. We're going to make sure that you're not alone. We're going to make sure you're cooked for. You, we're going to make sure that there is a constant flow of energy coming in and shaking things up and mm. shifting that like dark grief that can turn into a vortex, you know? Um, so I see that. And I see also in terms of um, just that 40 days when it comes to death, um, or new life. Those 40 days gonna, are so important. I was going to bring that up because you were such an important important guide in, in my uh, pregnancy. And, and even just before that. But one of the things I remember you talking about with me is um, the 40 days after, yeah. uh, you know, little baby boy comes to this world, to this side. And, uh, and it, you know, it's so interesting because I've been thinking about that a lot um, in terms of um, the writing that we're going to do together. And um, the piece that I wrote, he's here, um, which ended up being on the CBC, I wrote it at the 40-day mark. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that. It was just this natural, and it was the first day. (laughs) It's like I'm getting emotional because it was so silly. But um, I was living in a four and a half, and there was like a little bit of a a little hallway. But I I thought it was a massive hallway at the time where between the living room and the, the main bedroom. And it was the first day that I put him to nap and I put him in his crib and I left him here to there to go in the like living room and and write on my own. And I, it was like my like umbilical cord was like freaking out. <laughs> I was like, long <laughs> hallway. Long hallway. I was like, leave my baby in the other room. Like, what am Let I me put the camera do? monitor on. <laughs> <laughs> Just freaking out. But it really marked this moment of like this is when the 40 days is that right like there's something there was something that shifted that that moment um yeah and i was so happy to have um you and many other moms and also non-moms um like guide me in in, like in preparation for that because when it happened i like knew that it was supposed to happen too you know it's like i was like oh this is it, it makes sense you know like we've gotten to the phase where like i also trust in his independence as much as i trust in my own you know i think you said a keyword uh, earlier i think you said it or maybe i thought it while you were saying something <laughs> else but you said uh, transition mm-hmm. and i think transition is something really 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 powerful because um with transition comes the transformation and it's it's funny because like the last phase of childbirth is called transition, mm. and and it is the most intense oh my part of childhood childbirth, oh, oh like gosh. the <laughs> most intense. Like that's basically the period Ooh. right before you start pushing. That's oh, called transition. Okay, like you can't describe it. The, <laughs> you the undes- indescribable, like the most extreme. So basically, like when I was pregnant. Um, 
that was like my fixation. Mm. I was like, yo, transition, man. <laughs> Especially transition. You had, already, you had already done it, so like you. Were Even before, it was oh, like yeah, the eh? first time, oh, you know, so the first time because like so I, I read knew about, about I knew about transition, oh, and I'm like, I need to like get myself as, you know, I need to work on myself really, really hard so I can handle transition. And also like the like the spiritual thing that happens at oh, the moment. Oh, you're you are. Um, it's a whole. It's you are spirit. I yeah. have never thought I was. Um, a ferocious being till that moment. Yeah, me neither. I was like, what? <laughs> Who? Like, I literally felt like a lioness. Like, there was... I can't even describe yeah. it. Like, it's just that that's one, one of the images that came to my mind. It's like, I feel absolutely ferocious. Yeah, the wild woman archetype that comes out, you know? Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. Um, so, like, transition in life is almost like a, a sign of, of this powerful, powerful um, potential, you know, of something that can hurt really bad, mm-hmm. like be painful, bring out like, you know, the, the most primal aspects of who we are. Uh, and, then, and then once you overcome that pain and once you face it and embrace it and embody it, you get the most beautiful transformative experience out of it because mm. you transform after that. You yeah. are a different person. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's for me, that metaphor with childbirth applies to everything, just mm-hmm. like the 40 day metaphor with death applies yeah. to everything and, and transition in general. Like, you know, when somebody dies, that is transition as well. For They're sure. transitioning. Their, their soul is transitioning from one plane of existence to the other. And, <clears throat> <clears throat> it's um it's really really important to be able to um like honor that you know really yeah. truly honor that and whether it's a departure or an arrival and and um and seeing those two things as part of the same miracle of of this life mm. you know and uh and that brings me back to the whole idea of fear as yeah. well you know once you let go of fear um you can embrace things a little bit more easier you know so okay so that's someone who's transitioned many times right so i feel like no face death changed you yeah marriage changed you um baby number one <laughs> baby number two. <laughs> you know what I mean? like so yeah. many um transition phases that you have experienced in in this young lifetime (laughs) um what is it that you is your challenge in this moment um balance Mm. (laughs) actually it's funny that you say that it is balance it always is balance and um when you take care of other people uh for your whole like your whole life you know your whole day um so like you said you know i'm a wife I'm a mother, mother of two completely different children who have completely different needs and different, you know, spirits. Uh, I am a, I'm a daughter to, you know, very grateful. Both my parents are, you know, alive and they have their own needs as well. And and uh, and they, they depend on me actually for, for a lot of things. But 
they're they're really beautiful, cute things like editing their writing. They're both and you know they're both artists and and my dad's an author. My mom's writing a book too as an artist. Um, so like I, they 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 require my like brain as well, Your like my, my my intellect <laughs> my intellectual side. So it's not only like you know being a daughter on, on like an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Um, like they put me to work. Yes, they put me to work. <laughs> yes, yes, parents do it. <laughs> put her to work. Yeah, I, you know, I gladly do it. I gladly do it. Um, and then my sister, who uh, you know, we we are each other's emotional support. We talk every single day. So I'm a sister, a daughter, a wife, a mother, and then a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very, to, very good one. You know, oh, <laughs> very, you. very good. One. I, I love being a friend. It's it's one of those uh, roles that. I didn't get to like fully manifest in my life. Um, so like now I feel like I'm finally, finally coming into that role mm. as a friend. And I love it. I really love it. Because I always wanted it. I was like, why don't I have friends? <laughs> where are my friends whack? <laughs> where are all these girls like, gossiping and backstabbing oh, each yeah, other and my, like oh, why man. can't we just like empower each other and mm-hmm. hold each other down like why does there and always when you have get to your be crew, you're like oh i knew this was possible yes <laughs> yes and i'm like okay so i'm hanging out with the people who make me feel good about myself mm-hmm. i am not hanging out with people who make me feel like shit or make me feel like you know <clears throat> you know that you just you know that feeling when yeah, you sure. you for just sure. leave feeling kind of depleted. Oh yeah, You're like Definitely. energy suckers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so that's that's a role that I really love. So how do you how do I balance all of that? It's really really hard, and I can't because then you got to throw self care into the mix. Oh yeah, and if you don't. If you don't have that in order, then nothing is in order. Oh, and let's not forget that you're a massive creative yourself. Yeah, and uh, like self-care for me, it's being artistic. Mm-hmm. But when you're an independent artist, you also have to do all the admin, and you got to do all of the like the logistics and and the you know the the non-creative stuff. So mm-hmm. like the creative stuff, I would say maybe is like ten percent. Oh my gosh! You yeah. know. If you're able to like fit it in, because <laughs> the rest of it is just trying to like keep that machine running. Mm. You keep that machine running and and keep um, keeping it like making sure that you're you're doing stuff with yeah. it. You know, not just like making art and sitting on it. Oh, um, so that takes a lot of work and it's unpaid most of the time yep. uh, because people still don't recognize art as a l- like legit and they also job. don't understand like this logistics that you're saying right that 10 percent of the time that you spend is actually on your art and everything else that you you're a you're a project manager you're a project manager you're a manager you're a cco you're the cc double double oh and it's everything. you know and people really don't um like that's one thing that i've really really struggled with the past i work so hard like i really work so hard like i i from the moment you know our kids are awake me and Yasin are like on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We're on, we can't, you know, can't not. Uh, and so from that moment up until the moment they go to sleep, like I am on for others, you know? So when they go to sleep, that's when my time starts. Mm. And those few hours, let's say from like 9 p.m. till 1 in the morning, 
are like the golden hours. And But everything has to happen. Everything has to happen in those five hours. Mm-hmm. But it's four hours, let's say. Four mm-hmm. hours. Um, and that's because you're not sleeping enough. Because let's be real. One to when they wake up is not... It's, it's not that's that not, much. That's not good sleep. It's not that much. But, you know, it's, we, we, we do like a buddy system, Yasin and I. <laughs> where, like, if he knows... If he goes to sleep before me... He'll let me sleep in. Mm-hmm. If he goes to sleep after me, I'll let him sleep in. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. And then when I sleep in too much, he'll, like, reprimand me and be like, yo, man, <laughs> yo. <laughs> We gotta do this together, man. Don't leave me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sleep in. Um, oh, yeah, it's real. But, like, you know, we're, we're, we've got a system going. Um, a faulty system sometimes, but mm-hmm. we got a system. So in those four hours, nine to one, Um, I was able to do my entire master's. Entire The master's. entire master's. And oh actually, it was more like nine to two because at that time, like, I needed that extra hour. Cause yeah, for sure. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to, like... And then let's and let's be clear about your master's because I think that some people might think that, you know, you, you did, like, a regular thesis, which, uh, not to, like, knock that, but that would be, like, a solo experience where it's, it's you and the writing or the, the research and whatever. But you created an absolute like magnificent and powerful art event it was amazing right so we're like yeah. talking about a whole week of uh, activities and people and like yeah. you're curating 27 uh, artists 27 artists yeah. that you're like co- coordinate like that's a lo- it's not just like oh it was I did such a, a labor of love. <laughs> like, like there was there such was so much in there yeah it was amazing because uh i feel like with take care of yourself it was a labor of love and it was like um a life project and I call it like a life project with academic roots mm-hmm. because I mean whether I had done my master's or not take care of yourself would have happened yeah sure. uh, but I, I was really um, guided very gently there with Liz Miller who was an amazing she was so great you know mm-hmm. I really loved our, our meetings and getting to talk about all of these things I was thinking about with her and and her helping me uh, see how I could actually, you know, transform them into what I'm imagining. Yeah. You know, she, she just encouraged me to just see that vision out. And um, <clears throat> I, um, I was able to, yeah, I was able to do it with, I think whether I was doing my master's or not, but because I was doing my master's, it was like a motivation Uh, it gave me a support system while doing it, and it also um, gave me a deadline. Because, mm. man, you know, things can take ages when, oh, sure. you know, like... Well, especially when you're making from nine to one. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, it could take a while, but I, like, luckily with Take Care of Yourself, it was able to manifest really quickly. Like, I started working on it in January, and by July, it was like, you know, bloomed it had bloomed in in such a beautiful way uh that project it was such a gift and it's like a gift i call it the gift that keeps giving Mm -hmm. because till today i feel like the the impact that it made on me and on the people that were a part of it has continued and it has created a community all on its own and It gives me such joy to hear people just mention it, you know? Mm. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. And now I'm working on a book version of, uh, of the exhibit and the thesis. So it's kind of been able to take on a different life, you know? And I wanted to see how I can transform it from that one week long exhibition in a physical space into like an, um, 
a book that can pretty much live forever. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? Like for live sure. forever and be relevant in all kinds of different contexts. Well, for me, as, as like someone who's going to contribute to that, I feel like it's really opened up so many uh, new channels of thought for myself. Um, for one, when you sent us the video archives, um, I, like I think the the mother in me was so touched to see that I um, I felt a lot of pride and a lot of joy to have participated, and um, again because my son was so young, um, but also just realizing. I guess the, the the magnitude of what we do, you know, like when we're together and when we um, when we give each other space, when we like create these platforms for us to all shine together, like how massive that is. Um, it felt so it felt so rewarding to to look back on it and then very energizing in the sense. And now, like my the the writing process, um, I'm, I'm writing with Tiana and and, and Jess, um, who are the like our co our group of um the amazing co-facilitators of the workshop taking care of us which was that was like one of the highlights of that week-long uh series of you know events it was so powerful so intimate you guys created such an atmosphere of um just i don't even know how to describe it it was like almost otherworldly Mm. you know it was a very very important um experience for me uh because because it also allowed me to let go of this project that I had been like so active in, in like creating For and sure. actually participate in it. Yeah. You know, to participate in, in taking care of us was the highlight of, of the entire process of, um, you know, the creating this thing you yeah. know take care was, of us take care like, take care of yourself it was such a beautiful experience to watch you also like participate and, and to be able to sit there um and you t- pulled out the camera and i was like this is such a different role than what you had to do the rest of the time which was like very like you know standing up and like being the host <laughs> like, that's yeah. what it is really you know yeah. Um, Which is not uh, like I'm not usually that comfortable in that role. Well, you but, killed you know. it. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. You did real good. Thank it was, you. It was very. Well, it's, it was I very think it's really interesting being an artist curator mm. because it really sensitizes you to the needs of artists to be an artist yourself um, and to also be able to um, see how you can get those needs met as a curator. Because I I treated the artists who were a part of Take Care of Yourself as how I wanted to be treated by curators throughout my uh, throughout my you know career as an artist. Yeah. You know I've had so many bad experiences and so oh, many yeah. shitty curators and so many events that have been like just uh, not that that you know just you just know. Oh. You know, you know. Oh, definitely, and that, and that's one of the the beautiful things, like you said, to to be able to come from the the background of being an artist, but also, um, I I think uh, it's because you really care about all the people that you're working with. Because I've seen artists take on more, you know, executive roles or whatever these like more um, curator or t- whatever like transition to that. But if you're not someone who cares about the people that you're working with and really values. Um, the idea of sharing space. I mean, we spoke about this in the last episode, right? Where, um, where for you, it's, it's not a competition. Like, mm. It's like, it, you really do want to bring people together. You really want to share this space in a very meaningful and deep way. Mm. Um, then the perspective is, is 
very tenfold different. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the same as like, I just want you to do this thing for me. I, it's like, I, like we're doing this together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if only we can give that same energy to so many different aspects of our life, you know? Mm-hmm. So about, um, finding balance, like what are your, um, your tools? What are, like, how are you finding support within it? And um, just kind of how do you envision that for your future to come right now? Well, I think I, I, um, I mentioned that one of the, the really important things to mention is that I also have shitty days. I have bad days. I have days where I wake up and I can't shake a feeling um but my policy is really like don't let it bleed into the next day Mm. you know what i mean like you can feel shitty for a day but tomorrow's a new day Mm. and you just gotta keep it moving um and and i do that i try to use that same policy with like my kids and with everybody you know and and luckily yasin sees things you know my, my husband sees things the same way so together we we kind of like motivate each other to get out of a slump mm. so that it doesn't you know drag on for too long because yeah. you know uh depression is real and it can you know depression can really you know take root and drag you down uh, if you let it sometimes it's out of your hands as well you know you've gotta um you have to recognize it's a lot of the times it's more powerful than um people think so it's easy to say like oh you know they let themselves get get like this but i'm i'm also saying that if you're not predisposed to it you can really make an effort and work hard on not letting yourself go down that path with a practice of like self maintenance you know mm. what i mean and um i don't know i don't want to sound like preachy or anything it sounds a bit preachy because i know i know when when it comes to depression and mental illness not something as easy as that but i think it's always work right and i think that that like that um i've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like how we talk about people who have mental illness about how we talk about people who have um different abilities how we talk about people who have diseases or anything of the sort like i mean i have asthma um, lived with it my whole life and it's been you know it's, it's gone bad like I've been in the hospital for months because of it and um, because my situation is something that is somewhat treatable people understand it better etc it's like I feel people are much more like comfortable being like okay well this is what you need to like help you know like don't forget to stay healthy don't forget to like um exercise and um breathe and da 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 and we like have these conversations about um the work that i at the end of the day really do need to do right like i have work to do and i think that um a lot of people in my family have mental illness and um and i and i see the work that they have to do all the time and i think that what people have such a hard time understanding is that sometimes they work, 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 and it still doesn't even get them to, like, outside of the water. Right. Right? Yeah. Which but is it still what, why it's really hard for me to, like, I, I don't want to, you know, reference that. I can only speak for myself. <clears throat> I have my, for my own personal history, dealt with, like, a lot of PTSD and, uh, like, acute 
anxiety and like acute trauma and and things that have you know affected me on on a lot of like physical mental emotional levels and the tool that has helped me out the most is spirituality mm. that has been the grounding and the enlightening that that like I need it's like from the roots from like you know from the grounding the roots to like your crown and like your connection with the most high um, that's given me all of the answers and it's allowed me to ask all the questions and has continued to and, and it's it's a practice that I feel consistently like excited about it's a practice that I feel I'm consistently you know uh, growing with and, and wanting to learn more and, and uh, it's just it's it's a beautiful gift yeah. you know spirituality is such a gift and, and I feel I've always felt like I was like a quote-unquote old soul. You know what I mean? Um, so I was taken down this path uh, because it just felt very, very uh, familiar to me. You know, mm -hmm. very natural and familiar to me. And I, I've always wanted to know more. And uh, aside from spirituality, I would say water. You know, drinking enough water in my day. When I don't drink enough water, I become in a bad mood or I feel well, bad know, what, I, I was reading the book that you lent <laughs> to me the uh, Ayurveda book yeah and um, and I think we're both kaphas yes so yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit pitta kapha but they, they were saying how kaphas really need food and water like yes. that, how important that's angriness Yo, <laughs> and I have noticed it so intensely in me and my son like it's yeah. it's Deep and and the water part. I knew the food part because I think we're, we're. I mean, we're we're also Tauruses, and that that's a whole other love affair with food. Yeah. But water, water. It's so important. Changed my life. I when I started <laughs> just thinking about that. Just have, I used life. to always have like a bad mood in the morning. Uh, about like an hour after breakfast, I just like I'm, you know, like <laughs> really bad mood. Like don't talk to me. Uh, that's literally the sound my son <laughs> and then I started drinking a glass of water in the morning mm. like first thing in the morning before putting anything no tea no coffee no food just a glass of water to start your day the bad moods went away wow I truly believe that they were linked to water and that's beyond water's healing abilities oh of course that's, and the, the effects know. that it has on our physical like that's a mind thing that's yeah. not even the like the tangible like oh your yeah. skin's nicer and the, 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 no, that and, and I'm talking like beyond the, the, the water in our cups I'm talking about like bodies of water mm. and and the you know the the oceans and the seas and the rivers and you know water as like a healing force healing energy you know wow. I really really see that as a as as one of like the the most incredible uh, God given create oh, you know wow. the things that have God has created in that way. Um, so that's the second thing, and then the third thing that I feel that I really am having a hard time maintaining as a daily practice is yoga and prayer. Mm. You know those two things. Um, when I I'm, there have been times uh, throughout the year where I'm able to like do it on a daily consistent practice, but these days I don't blame the weather. 
and the lack of motivation. <laughs> it's easy to blame the weather, especially when you're in Montreal. You're like, you look outside and be like, it's all your fault. But it's true. <laughs> I'm very like, I'm very affected by the seasons, you know? When yeah. it's raining, I'm crying. Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. I feel that. When it's st- snowing and cold, I'm stagnant. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like, hard. It's, it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's, it is really hard. When it's hot, I'm, gonna, like, I'm angry, aggressive, mm. you know? I totally get affected by the, the by the seasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a consistent practice of yoga and prayer and like um, wudu. You know what I say? Wudu is like um, ablution. Ab- ablution. Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, it's the um, Islamic practice of washing your uh, parts of your body with water three times okay. to purify before prayer. Oh. That to me is is a really whether I'm praying that day or not. It's really important for me to do wudu because oh. I see it as like a purifying and a cleansing process, and and it helps me set my intention for the day. It helps me, um, you know, just wash off. And it's so anchored in touch. Like uh, as you're explaining this, you know, um, Sundus is holding her hands and and really just showing that. And that's like such a beautiful image of just like how do we touch our own bodies, right? Like yeah, wudu. It's called uh, wudu ablution. So you you actually wash your hands three times, you wash your face three times, your nose, your ears, your um, like your your head. your neck, your arms, and your feet. Wow. So th- that's pretty much the like the process of wudu, and and then after that you pray. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It's a beautiful cleansing uh, way to start your day or end your day, depending on whatever point. But for me, I use it as an opportunity to set an intention. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> that's that's the least I can do. In terms of like my practice, I also feel like it's such a. Um, I I think of our lineage and and the way that we honor. Like I my my form of prayer is, is with my ancestors. I, I speak to them a lot, and I I've gone in the practice of um, bringing Mars to the you know the, to our shrine and, and really like speaking to them. And one of the things that we do before is cleanse, right? We cleanse like our bodies. Like it might it might be bath time, it might be whatever what we do, and then we go there, and. Um, and it's really beautiful to see how his pure connection with them, because like, we have these images, like these pictures of, our, of my grandparents and such, mm-hmm. and the way that he interacts with that um, is so pure. And, and, I, and I think that, that even just that act of I'm cleansing my body and then bringing myself to you, is um, that's something that happens beyond just our bubble you know like that it's it's almost like it connects us to lineage it connects us to history connects us to the universe to the world um and like i guess it's almost it's a humble way of saying like i know that i'm not alone you know um because praying like at the end of like whatever way that people pray it's because you're seeing that you're not just you i think that like for me because I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of different cultures and traditions, especially when it comes to spirituality. Um, but I always go back to my roots, you know, and, and, I, and I think that's really very, very important in today's world where things have gotten so muddled and, and there's so much appropriation from so many different kinds of places and like borrowing of spiritual traditions. Oh, and sure. um, <clears throat> Go back to your own. You know, mm. go back to your roots, and you'll find all the answers there. So much, really, really, truly. You know, we, um, the cultures that we are born into, and and the traditions that we come from, 
um, they're still inside us, mm. you know, and it's just a matter of reviving them and just like nudging them. No matter how displaced you are, and we're out here, it's snowing like big flurries. <laughs> big, you know, big old floats. You know that our ancestors did not have that, you know. They didn't see point. that, no. didn't want to see that, they were you good know? where they were. <laughs> no, no, man. Yeah. So that's, that's the, uh, I think that's the lesson at the end of the day. Thank yeah. you, Anik. This has been really great for me because it was almost like um, talking to my journal in a way, you know, like uh, these you. are things I think about every day. And it's really amazing to be given a chance to like converse with a friend, with a sister oh, about these like really um, important and deep aspects of like self and being. And um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for taking the time, for sharing so much of yourself with us. Not not too much. Not too I much. I just feel like you know, hey, man, you, like a little bit of like you, you know, know, you created your barriers, which <laughs> I also respect. Thank you, and also just like starting off the show with that, like that's such a. Uh, I appreciate you trusting me so much for to be able to say that because I um I would no way would want anyone to ever feel pressured to share because you're on this platform, and I yeah. feel like. Um, you know, there's a lot of trust in our friendship, but it's also interesting that it happened on this kind of public platform of just this moment of like, you can still, no matter when or where, negotiate your boundaries, you know, and that's like a really beautiful practice. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, sharing so much of what you wanted to share with us. But you know, off air, you know, you know hey, off the record, we, we got to tell you all the details. <laughs> we get into all kinds of conversations. Um, Thank you again. And if y'all want to check out, um, learn more about Sundus, you can check out. It's Sundus A, so A H. So S on Twitter. On Twitter. Sundus A H. And then Sundus Abdul Hadi on Instagram, A B D S U N D U S A B D U L H A D I. Although I have a love hate relationship. I know, you pull out on social media all the time. I appreciate that. All the time. And I go silent for a long time because I feel like it's a bit of like. It pollutes me a little, yeah, I you know. Feel that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I use it mostly to promote the work that I'm doing, and you know, talk about new projects and things that I'm doing, like in the the public world. Yeah. Know? Plus, there's always the, your website where people can see what you've done. My and horrible <laughs> website that needs major updating. <laughs> you can always check out sindusabdelhadi.com. Oh yeah, for sure. You yeah. can check that out. There's definitely. I mean, she, she's calling it horrible, but it's a lot of like <laughs> it's amazing. A tougher, right? <laughs> it's a tougher page. This, this is the perfectionist like... <laughs> coming out, y'all. <laughs> and so that's the to-do list that keeps getting transferred every month. I love it. It's always the last one on like the to-do this week. <laughs> And then it's like all of this like, it, list uh, of things, and then, and then website. You know, life comes in. Yeah, <laughs> and then that last one was like everything gets ticked off, and then website moves on to like the to do thing. week two. Exactly. <laughs> the website. We'll still go check it out because I think there's a lot of amazing content for y'all to check out. So thank you so much. Thank you, Anik. All the best to this beautiful platform you're creating. Thank, thank you. you for letting me be a part of it. Such blessings. Oh, what a wonderful interview to do. I had such a good time. I don't know about y'all, but I came out with some serious tangibles. And I really appreciate Sundus' generosity with all of us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like this, definitely 
subscribe on whatever podcast medium you're using to listen in. You can also check out my website, anikmf.com slash WMG, where I post all the episodes and other little updates about when matriarchs gather. I'll check you in the next one.